Last Christmas, I gave you my pod, but the very next day, you unsubscribed. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Alright, how about that for, how for an intro? That was good. Um, Are we going to replace the theme song with that, or is that before the theme song? Uh, That's the intro, baby. Cool. By the way, I hope you just kept recording. Let's just keep this ball rolling, man. Come on. We'll clap it off right. in a second. Are you also recording? Yeah. Okay, sweet. All right, yeah, that's that's the intro. That's it. Uh, okay, Polly Boy, clap and let's get going. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big facts. No. Cap. Do you have anything uh, worth talking about from Adrian's IRL? I went to an improv show on Friday. That was fun. Oh, nice. What you about um, that? Where at in uh, Columbia? Art bar, baby. I heard you met some people from our high school. People who bullied you? Something like that? <laughs> no, no, no. It was our friend's stepsister who preemptively, when she found out we went to high school together, she was a year older than us. Even though we clearly did not know of each other or like at all, was preemptively saying, I was a real bitch in high school, as if to like apologize for any bullying she may have done to me, <laughs> which I'm is like, a pretty cool move. Do you think she does that to everybody from like things in high school or do you think she just saw the nerd energy you were giving off and she was just like, I better. Just I, I think case, she saw I the person of color and she was like, yeah. Who? <laughs> I said a lot of racist things about Guatemalans back then. So just in case. I definitely rejected him from prom without him even asking me. I just went up and said, no, I'm not going with you. Wasn't that a bit? Did that happen to somebody we know or something? Or is that just a common cultural joke about being rejected to proms that you did not invite somebody to? I, I don't know. I didn't know if that was a thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think the thing I know more about is the people who do like the real kooky big gestures to invite people to prom. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, is that, is that, that wasn't just a Lexington thing. That's a national thing, right? No, that's a national thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a really fun idea because... It's the type of thing where, like, you really get an idea for how half-assed and incompletionist most people are in their big plans. Yeah. Y you see some really lame ideas being executed. I definitely had some friends who, like, had, like, a moment where they were like, oh, I'm going to do this big thing to ask this girl to prom, and then it ended up being, like, Way well, lamer. Mind, be yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. I was just many times labor. Whatever guy was like, me and my friends are going to show up in her class and we're going to do a barbershop quartet and sing. And it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, that comes out so much cringier in real life than you anticipated, uh, homeboy. I do not want to see how those people end up proposing to people. I'll say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the type of people who tie the ring to a balloon and they accidentally fill it with helium and it flies away or something. <laughs> or they could do the thing where they put it on a dog's collar. That's mm. always real tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to somebody's brother who won't go named. Actually, they will. Phil. Phil's brother is the weirdo who did that. Uh, glass of Champs. That's always a good move. Glass of Champs. Yeah. And so they can swallow it and I feel like, it. wouldn't hot cocoa be a way better one? Because you can't see it. And also you can put it around a marshmallow. So it might like float a little bit. I don't know why that seems gross. I don't want a ring that's kind of sticky afterwards. 
I don't know. I think that seems like the superior liquid vehicle for a ring to be uh, delivered to someone. I think there should be a challenge involved so that you know they're a high quality mate. So it should be like difficult mm. for them to get. It should be like at the end of a maze. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, Paul, any media roundup for the Christmas season? Otherwise, Christmas, Christmas or otherwise? Yeah. So I just watched Whip It for the first time ever. Uh, Elliot Page movie about roller derby in Houston. I don't. Is it called Roller Derby? Yeah, that's what it's called. Good movie. Yeah, good. Good mid two thousand. If you're looking for a mid two thousands sort of like flick, female empowerment sports movie. Uh, you're a she's the man fan it's, it's gonna be up your alley all right what's your media roundup what you've been on i do have two movies on my list for the first time in a while i don't think i've been watching a lot of movies went to the movie theater and watched house of gucci with my parents Ooh, no spoilies i want to watch that one it was really long but i think i undervalue how much sitting in a movie theater makes me focus on movies in a way that i can't do when i watch movies at home mm. uh I honestly think I should probably start doing that for I guess there's no way to like do that for older movies that I want to watch. But like, yeah, it's crazy how much it like I was. Yeah, you know, you're not, you're not going to look at your phone when you're in a movie theater. And I think it's been so long since I've been in a movie theater. I forgot that that's like part of the experience is that you kind of hyper focus on the film and actually watch it really attentively. Um, so even though I didn't think it was the greatest movie, I thought it was I was engaged the whole time. And to the accents were very funny because they were, in my opinion, not very good. Did you uh, watch uh, The Last Duel? No, I know it was his last movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just came out so close to each other. Yeah, I don't think I talked about that on pod, but I went to it. Anything else about that? Yes, I think it's very funny that my mom has reached the stage that she just carries a blanket with her into the movie theater that she uses, <laughs> which is a cool move. <laughs> is your mom that old now that she's always, like, sewing something with a blanket over herself in a rocking chair? She's like, I feel it could yeah, be yeah. easy, Adrian. Come cover your mother. <laughs> You know what? Bringing a blanket to the movie theater, it made me realize that Dora Lee is the daughter of your mother. That does seem like a Dora Lee move. Oh, yeah. That's definitely a Dora Lee move. I mean, I, <laughs> it's one of my favorite memories of Dora Lee is when we were going to into work together one time. And she brought an umbrella to shield herself from the sun on the 30 second walk from our car to the in the, in the parking lot into the store <laughs> that we worked at. <laughs> was like the most extra thing I've ever seen. She what brought an umbrella just to do Trader that. Trader Joe's notoriously has the tiniest Trader Joe's notoriously has the tiniest parking lots. So that There's no awesome way to place. park far away from Trader Joe's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you're like parking in someone else's parking lot to get there. It's not a Walmart situation. You're not parking 300 feet away. I still have one other thing to say, which is uh, I paid a cool $7 to watch Unstuck in Time. The uh, Kurt Vonnegut documentary, and it was very good. It made me feel a lot of emotions. I think that was my review of the Daniel Johnston uh, documentary, and I kind of feel the same way. It was a little bit too focused on the guy who directed it because it took him like 40 years to make it. Uh, and so kind of, he was kind of part of the story. But that was honestly like that's a very Kurt Vonnegut move. So I think it kind of worked. Good, good documentary. I'd recommend it. Maybe not seven bucks if you don't like him as an author, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's it for me. Nothing Christmassy talking about christmas it's our christmas special or as you and your parents would call it our christmas especial you know somebody asked me recently if there was any gifts i was particularly proud of this year and i was like meh not really <laughs> but i think it was uh just them wanting to talk about something they were excited that they bought someone ain't that the way ain't that the way i hate it when people pitch questions just because they want to answer it themselves i'm pretty proud of the gift i got you 
he might hear this before he uh he gets the present but one year he's gonna be listening to this episode on christmas eve (laughs) actually that's true justin famously doesn't listen to the podcast so uh, a couple years ago i think it was the year before we were roommates i got him like this special jamaican blue mountain coffee that he really likes for christmas and so he showed up to us getting uh, lunch together and got me an unwrapped present uh, that he gave to me, which was a small bottle of Chinese Five Spice. And he was like, you cook, right? Uh, and so this year I'm getting him a bottle of Chinese Five Spice. <laughs> I'm pretty well, proud I, of that one. <laughs> wait, you're proud of using pettiness? Of using the most joyful time of year as a petty attack on someone for not living yeah, up to your expectations? That's what it's all about. <laughs> you might as well just get him coal, you fucking asshole. Now I'm not excited about the third segment. I, I don't want to see what you got me. If I found a way to source me. it, I would. <laughs> if I found a way to source it, I would. <laughs> yeah, other than that, all pretty standard stuff. All right, you want to jump into articles? Well, I had a quick question. I know that you're not proud of anything that you bought in that uh, or whatever, but you get to buy stuff for a kid, right? Isn't that like the, the most fun mm-hmm. thing to do? Yeah, I got one of them, the like, uh, you know, the classic uh, like car you see in everybody's yard growing up um Mm. that sort of classic roll around car um he is now one and a half and then i got my niece a little clemson sweatshirt uh for four to five months old yeah baby clothes there's a real short gap where they could wear it (laughs) i love that it's aged four to five months yeah i was just about to say that's kind of a quick turnover yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, like, you know, if she doesn't aggro it immediately, but they do grow pretty fast. Freaking little tykes, always, you know, growing. Yeah. I'm about to say, you put them in a bowl of water, they're, like, expanded three times their size by the next day. Mm, well, that's what it always says on the package, but it never works like that in real life. <laughs> yeah, I think you should have done a thing, like, um, you, you should have bought it, like, six sizes too big and just let her grow into it and let her wear it baggy for, like, a few years. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know... I get her a, a large adult woman's yeah. sweater. I'm just like, she'll fit it eventually. And then, you know, while she's little, she can just, like, tie it off a little bit. Yeah, or she can, you know, wear it baggy. She can do the Billie Eilish. That's why they call me Thrifty Uncle. Wait, is it not one of those things where, like, did you just pick out the biggest trend or whatever, whatever the Tickle Me Elmo this year is? No. So shopping for babies and toddlers is hard because, well, maybe toddlers it's get, it gets easier, but babies, like, gear one to two and below is hard because their parents have bought them all the necessities and everything else is just kind of like either i don't know there's nothing like they're gonna actually recognize as like being like no toy or anything is going to be particularly different form of like light up bullshit when they hit it you know what i mean it's not anything Mm -hmm. i don't know there's not a lot of like fun things and i guess you can buy them clothes but uh, novelty clothes it's like it doesn't seem like a super fun gift to give um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm more excited for when they can play with toy toys and I can get them cool toys. Yeah. So it gets, it's a few, you're a few years out from having to figure out what the uh, year's hottest toy is every year. Yeah, exactly. But I think when I'm there, I'm going to, I'm, I'm always going to get it. I'm going to be, I'm going to be out in front of Walmart 6am for that restock to pick up that toy. Nobody else can get. You mind if I go first for this article? Yeah, go ahead. Here we go. This is from Parade Magazine called Novel Advice. And so the idea of this advice column is that they get authors who are published to answer advice column questions. Uh, And this is actually the first one that they did. I don't know if they came out with more, but uh, here we go. 
Welcome to Noel Advice Column, where Parade.com links up. I don't know why I said Noel. I just totally took the V out of that. I thought that was an actual clever attempt to be like the Christmas part of the novel advice. We take out the V so it's Noel. <laughs> That's the thing about my brain, Paul. It's always working on that extra level, man. I'll tell you. It really, I, I was like, my thought was a little corny, but kind of clever and funny. Cool. <laughs> Welcome to the Novel Advice Column, where Parade.com links up with your favorite best-selling novelists to get their writerly take on sticky life situations. From family dynamic concerns and relationship squabbles to simple miscommunications, we're tasking authors with some of life's biggest questions and topics and asking for tips on its hardest moments. First up, Sophie Kinsella, the brains behind Becky Bloomwood of the Shopaholic series, whose latest book, Christmas Shopaholic, is out now. All right. So Sophie shares advice to a reader who has a question about gift giving etiquette. Our resident shopping queen, Kinsella, is on it. Here we go. I love giving. Oh, by the way, it did say that this uh, this this article has your favorite novelist come and answer questions. Is this one of your favorite novelists? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I Because I support women. Oh, that's true. Could you imagine if all my favorite novelists were men? Who <laughs> boy, yeah, no, I, yeah, I like this woman who's really breaking down glass barriers or uh, whatever by, by doing a shopaholic series. Book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Adrian, now you're just mocking things women like for being feminine things, even more problematic. Whereas I, no, no, no. a high value man, All I'm saying is women be shopping. <laughs> whereas I, a high value man, am appreciating a f- female author writing about female topics, like being a shopaholic. I'm actually going to come out under a female pen name and write a book series called Women Be Shopping, but it's all about them doing wood shop. <laughs> that would single-handedly be the most feminist <laughs> thing to ever happen. <laughs> it's just the perfect storm. I love giving gifts every year and had a great idea for what to get my nephew for Christmas this year. But out of nowhere, my sister-in-law texted me a link to his Amazon wish list and asked that we buy an item from there. I'm slightly offended. It feels like a forced effort and not personal at all. Am I wrong? Do I have to order from the list? Or can I give the gift that I wanted to get him? Which is sadly not on the list. I'm lost. Christina, 33, Florida. Yeah, of course. I mean, how old is the kid? Did it mention? No. Yeah, I think most likely when people make those lists, and I'm totally okay with doing like a list of things you want or just letting somebody know what you want. The person is saying, hey, in case you have no idea... You can get me something off of this, and I'll, I'll still be like super appreciative of it. But if there's something you really want to get them, I feel like that's better than off the list. The list is like a backup to me. It's like, that's cool if you can't think of something really specific. I mean, I guess you could just ask, too. It doesn't seem like it's... Like, if they're already giving you a list, they're pretty okay with communicating what they want for Christmas. You could just say, hey, would you rather have something off the list or a surprise that's that I think you would really like. Two points. I think one, uh, it seems like a little bit, the way that they're describing it is a little bit less of like, here's if you're out of ideas. It seems like she said directly, like buy him something from this list. Well, I think what I'm saying is, I think that's the implication of somebody says buy something off this list. I think there's an unsaid Mm. implication, but you could ask, you could say, is this like, you're worried that He's going to hate anything else or something like he's just really picky about Mm -hmm. the types of things he likes. I mean, we've already established that I'm very passive aggressive. So if this were to happen to me, I would buy him something off of his list and be like, I was going to get you a Lamborghini, but your mom (laughs) said only from the list. So I had to do the list. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) 
Okay, I think that is a solution. I think that is a solution. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder if he would probably be able to clock that you weren't. You wouldn't have really gotten him a Lamborghini, though. Maybe you should like lower that big gift. Say like a PlayStation mm. Five or something. I was gonna get you a cameo from that YouTuber you like, Joe Lagan Paul. Lingan Paul. What's his name? Lingan Berries from Ikea. I was gonna get you a cameo from the Lingan Berries from Ikea. Yeah, no, a picture of you being like, you know, it really sucks. I'm not really even much of a gamer, but I've been having to play through some PS5 games because I got that for you and then your mom said you only wanted something from this list, so... Now it's just in my house, and I've, like, I don't know. The Last of Us 2 is honestly not that good. I'm not one of those people who doesn't like it just because there's a trans character. I'm not one of those people. But I just, like, per- like the gameplay personally isn't, like, that good to me is how I feel about it. You know what? Let's get, why are we why are we in the weeds right now? Why am I getting in the woodwork about my opinion of The Last of Us 2? The important part is I have a PS5 that I'm enjoying because you didn't get to have it because of your mom's whole thing about only getting you what was on the Amazon list. Now I get to just sit at home every day and look at the Hope Diamond. (laughs) 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 Um, Well, I was going to say the other point I was going to make earlier was that it kind of seems less like a practical advice thing and more of like a real classic agony aunt, like, where has the world gone to that this is what people think is good manners, which is weird for someone who's only 33 to like have a question that mm. seems very like screaming at the void of like, where where is good manners gone in this society? Why would she send me a list pre-made? Looks like I got to fly out early for that flight into space with Elon Musk that I booked. It might have been for you originally. <laughs> Just book yourself a full vacation to Vegas. <laughs> and tell me, I was like, I, I wanted to give this to you, but I someone had to use it. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying about that sort of like salty old person energy. It does seem like this person is writing in this question more as like a, as a fuck you sort of thing than an actual looking for advice. Because like I said, it seems super obvious. Like you could totally just clarify this with the parent by asking a follow up question. Yeah. But I think, yeah, so, like, speaking to, like, just the spirit of it, in my family, we don't really do that at all. We definitely do, like, a 100% blind. We just try and figure out what would be good for somebody, um, which I don't think has ever backfired. It's never been, like, a thing, like, I got my some, my sister something she already had because I just didn't know she had it or anything like that. Mm. For us, that generally works pretty well. Yeah. But I don't know about you guys. I don't know about the kawajas. Uh, we, we do what I said. Like, you can ask for gifts, but then we also do, like, blind items. Why do I say blind item? Isn't that like whenever you do celebrity gossip, but you leave out their name? Uh, but we do blind or like surprise gifts too. <laughs> like this year, I got my sister, I got my sister something she asked for explicitly and a Taylor Swift, like one of those candles that looks like the Mary Magdalene should be on it, but instead it's Taylor Swift. Wait, why did I say Mary Magdalene? I always do that. I got her one of those candles that looks like uh, the Virgin Mary should be on it, but instead it's Taylor Swift. Oh, nice. I thought you got like a Kim and Kanye one. But I guess that would actually be antithetical to the Taylor Swift one. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. So I brought this in because I, I I don't know if I, I feel like you're being like um, more dismissive about it. But I feel like you told me before that like your family would just send each other Amazon wish lists like directly no, to each other. No, not wish lists. No, we, we would tell each other. We'll text each other directly. I want this or I want this. But we'll also mm. we'll also get each other surprises too. It's a mix. I don't know why. For some, from what you had told me before, I thought it was more... Uh, more rigid like this i thought you'd come in harder with like a this is a totally i think we get each other multiple gifts it's definitely not like a one gift household but also like if you don't get multiple gifts and you just get the one thing they asked for that's usually like i guess it's usually the high value item we usually pick like one gift that we ask for that's between like 50 and 150 and then knickknacks 
and nobody else really cares if you don't like get extra knickknacks. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And you guys are all adults, though. You know, this isn't you uh, trying to buy for a nephew who might be growing up very quickly, who maybe you don't really know them as well as you used to, or even know like what the big things are for like a fourteen-year-old boy. Yeah, but once again, I feel like if my nephew got to fourteen and my brother sent me an Amazon wish list and I just got something else. I don't know. I mean, this is the danger of knowing really, like, regular, not irrational people, but I know his reaction would not be anything other mm. than to, like, be thankful for the gift. <laughs> who yeah, who, yeah. who would be rude about that? That's insane. <laughs> but, I mean, I know people tell stories like that, so I guess those people are out there. Maybe. I guess it's also the other dynamic of it is whether or not this is coming from the kid up or if this is, like, a parent thing, right? We don't really know whether or not it's, like... The mom being like, this is the stuff that he wants. And we know for sure whether or not he told his mom, like, hey, these are these are the things that I want. I'm trying to get all five pieces of Exodia. And so if everyone gets me one piece, I'll have it. But if someone goes rogue, then I'm just going to have five left legs of Exodia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you just tell all your family members that you want the five pieces of Exodia, you're going to end up with five left legs because that's the cheapest one on eBay. So you got to tell rich Aunt Karen to get you the face of Exodia. You know what always pissed me off as a kid? There's no chest of Exodia piece. Four limbs and a head. I want chest of Exodia. Maybe even stomach and pelvis of Exodia. Neck of Exodia. That's what we get. We can. We don't have to put in neck of Exodia. We can. Neck can be part. Pussy of Exodia. (laughs) Pussy of Exodia. You're right, that's more- it should be six pieces of Exodia, it should be four pieces, four limbs and a head, and bussy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, do you want to hear the answer in this, or do you want to you keep yeah. ripping? About the about Exodia's bussy? No, I think we're good. <laughs> we can hear the answer. Alright. Dear Christina, I really feel for you, as I love choosing presents too. It feels like part of the whole process of gift giving. I wonder if your sister-in-law is trying to be helpful, as a lot of people feel overwhelmed by Christmas shopping. Maybe she doesn't mean that you have to buy this particular gift, simply that is a suggestion. I would be honest, as otherwise you risk forming a habit that you can't break in future years. Tell your sister-in-law that you have chosen a gift that you are really excited about. When she hears your enthusiasm, hopefully she will realize that this is important to you. You could compromise by buying from the wishlist for another Christmas, or perhaps a birthday. We all love surprises, and I'm sure your nephew will be thrilled with your choice, something he hadn't even thought of. Have a wonderful Christmas. I think it's weird for someone who writes a book about shopaholics not to write an answer that's just by 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 both. By both. <laughs> Take out a second credit card, open up a new line of credit, <laughs> and buy both gifts, and then buy yourself a little something special too. You know what I mean, honey. Uh, cool. Yeah. Any other uh ideas or thoughts about um uh, Mrs. Uh, Kinsella's answer? I thought that was a good answer, not because it reflected mine, and I'm a egomaniac. But because I thought it just made sense. Hmm. Makes sense to me. I feel like they could have hit harder the fact that you can obviously just ask, but mm-hmm. they got there. All right. You ready for my question? Yeah, let's see it. Adrian, are you aware of a one Mr. Billy Graham? Um, every time I go to Charlotte, I drive on his parkway. Yeah, great parkway. You've, have you ever taken uh, the turn after the parkway to the library? I have not. Mm, I haven't either, uh, but he he has one. I think it's like a museum slash library slash just general event area for Christian things. Mm. I know a lot of people go to it because it is, they do have a lot of advertising in the Charlotte airport, and apparently that works, that if you just say in an airport, 
that somewhere is a good tourist destination in the city. Apparently a lot of people end up going there. I mean, who doesn't arrive at the airport to a place and then suddenly decide what they're going to do in that city? You would think, Adrian. You would think. That was my logic, too. <laughs> but no, apparently people see the thing and they're like, uh, that's a place to go in Charlotte. Mm, that's true. Then we gotta go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. You guys have a cool-ass city. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Did you want to explain who he was, though, in case the audience don't know? Oh, um, famous evangel- evangelist, evangelicist, e- e- neon genesis evangelist. <laughs> evangelist. 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 Famous evangelist. I, he was a pastor and a writer and a Christian thinker. Uh, I really don't know that much about him. I know Charlotte was super sad when he died because he was from Charlotte. Put you on the map. Yeah, yeah. There is this website that answers questions based on his teachings, but not based on anything he actually wrote because he is dead. Uh, so You can still base it on stuff that he wrote. So their exact wording is this column is based on the words and writings of the late Reverend Billy Graham, which I think is really cocky. If I die, nobody base, base things off my writings and pretend it to me. Don't go back to this podcast and pull things I said and use it for recontextualization for other means. Adrian? Um, are you not, in, in the case of your unlikely demise or uneventful demise, making a Paul AI bot? Uh, that is the one thing that will legally be able to speak in my name. I'm also working on an Adrian AI bot, but that one's actually really easy because I just have to teach out to say... I am bad at science and have a tiny peen. <laughs> that is my catchphrase. That is my catchphrase. Okay, so Billy Graham. So this is a advice column based on what he may have said, based on the guesses of some people. Question. The war on Christmas is a real thing, and it is hard to understand in America, a nation that once respected the message of this holiday. I am a music teacher and was teaching my students about the classic Handel's Messiah. A few kids were offended, and I have been forbidden by the principal, who claims to be a Christian, to teach anything having to do with Jesus. Yet he is the reason for the season. How can she be a Christian and deny history? Damn. So, Adrian. I love that last line. I mean, and that's the core of the question. How can she be a Christian and deny history? Do you know what this Handel's Messiah is? All right, let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to search Handel's Messiah to clear this up for us. It's an oratorio composed by George Frederick Hendel. Mm. Uh, it's based off King's James Bible. Okay. That's yeah. one of the good versions. Yeah. Yeah, not something I'm aware of, but I mean, I didn't have him as a music teacher. I didn't have this renegade. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say a couple of things. So one is that I can't imagine anyone in the schools that we grew up in getting reprimanded for teaching something like that. Oh, no, absolutely um, not. Shit like that was pretty common. Yeah. And uh, two... Did I ever tell you about, like, uh, so in terms of, like, different versions of the Bible, I uh, never really thought too much about it or cared too much because I kind of, like, left the religion pretty early before I really uh, read one version over the other. But um, I do very much remember one of my youth pastors, I asked him about a particular version that was mentioned during church, and he was like, oh, that's, like, the, like, remedial, like, English version. That's for, like, people who are too dumb to read the regular Bible. (laughs) Wait, what? That's cool. I like I like that energy. <laughs> yeah, he had a real like yeah, he had like a real like if you can't read the you know it's it's uh, definitely a lesser thing to have to read that version of the Bible. I like what a boring modern Protestant American version of like the 
people who were like the who originally said that the Bible couldn't be translated from Latin. Mm-hmm. I like how he's that version of smug, but clearly not even smug enough to be that. So he's just like, well, there's like right there's the cool English version and the dumb English version. It's like they're both English. They're both like ten billion degrees away from the source. Like maybe get off your fucking high horse, loser. Yep, that's how it was back then. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That's how the people were. Yeah, learn Latin or Aramaic if you wanna if you wanna get on your fucking high horse about the version of the Bible. Um, anyways, going into the actual question, so, uh, first of all, these fucking SJW kids getting offended about everything, gotta hate that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being censored, um, you know, I know that this question is 100% true, but it is crazy how it really reads and hits every, like, target for, like, a modern day reactionary conservative, uh, narrative. Talking about this question being 100% true, I, I did notice something looking <laughs> through the rest of these answers, or these questions uh-huh. to Billy Graham, in that a shocking number of the questions written to Billy Graham's blog are from people who are self-proclaimed atheists. <laughs> mm. I'm not one to judge, but personally, I just feel like if I were an atheist, I would not be scrolling through Billy Graham's blog and then feeling the need to submit questions to him. I don't know why mm-hmm. so many people write in like, as an atheist, why do I just feel unhappy during Christmas time? Like, I don't, personally, I just, I don't see what would compel that person to write that question. I'm not saying, I, I would not be one to sit here and accuse the Billy Graham blog writers of fabricating questions. But well, they, of course not, that would be a sin. They a are already sin. admitting to fabricating answers in the name of Billy Graham. <laughs> But clearly, they wouldn't fabricate Oof. questions. That would be a step too far. I mean, I think it's probably just some cool atheists who want to get out of their little echo chamber, <laughs> their little liberal bubble that they want to stay in all the time. Yeah, yeah. And if you are an atheist who's looking to get out of your echo chamber, you don't read like the Federalist or like a news site. You go straight to Billy Graham's blog section of his website. You don't read the Quillette or whatever. Yeah, you don't go read Quillette <laughs> or listen to Joe Rogan. I don't know. Whatever reactionary media is out there. You you go to Billy Graham's website. I think I saw something recently about Joe Rogan coming to the defense of Chris Pratt of being like, yeah, of course people hate him because he's a Christian and he's a good man. <laughs> What a fucking idiot. <laughs> Who, why would anyone listen to him? <laughs> there's there's so much in this, dude. Like the fact that it starts on with starts off with the war on Christmas is a real thing is Yeah. I just I don't know, man. That's that's the coolest that's the coolest belief. Well, Adrian, we're gonna we're gonna make fun of him for saying that after me and you have spent years in the in the trenches trying to destroy Christmas. AK forty seven, stinger missiles on our back that's true eating hardtack in the uh getting gangrene <laughs> trench foot <laughs> all in our goal of destroying christmas and then you're gonna smugly pretend that there isn't a war on christmas after we spent every december of our lives doing that rule number one of fight club baby <laughs> i will say you're making fun of this question for like hitting all the uh notes that you would want to hit on this sort of like mm-hmm christian almost like a checklist victim checklist but usually they would hit the thing that said it it would blame one kid who was like particularly annoying but it does say a few kids were offended there's one purple haired dad kid yeah there's like a purple haired sjw whose parents let him listen to metal music and goes by they them pronouns (laughs) they're the little shitty they them in our class 
Yeah, my pronouns are patriot. Oh, I, I mean, okay, so this is a Christian problem, so I would suggest he does some of the classic, uh, some of the classic Christian fixes to the problem. So I would order her a Starbucks coffee, but if you tell them your name Jesus is real, they have to write that as the name on the Starbucks coffee cup, and then you give that to the principal. Mm. Ooh. Mm. So then she's reading that, and she's like, damn, Starbucks says it. It's gotta be true. Maybe a good old book burning? That's a that's a Christian classic. Could you burn a book of some sort? Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This isn't a fully developed thought, but I, I wish that for the people who said that Jesus is the reason for the season, it was more of like a cool kind of like explanatory myth of like on a like a Persephone level of like in Greek mythology, her like going from the underworld for six months and coming back out for six months is the reason that there are seasons. I wish it was more of like an actual tall tale explaining why there are seasons. And Jesus is the reason that there's a winter. Mm. You know what I mean? Add some lore. Add some more mythos. I guess the whole Bible is lore, and it's pretty long, so maybe I shouldn't ask for that, but I wish it was something more interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, if we're going to question the idea of Jesus being the reason for the season, right? Like, it's definitely just Christmas was only associated with Jesus at, like, what point in history? Like, way after the actual birth of Jesus. All actual proof points to he was some sort of, like, summer birth. Mm-hmm. Christ- I think it's, spring, yeah. It's clearly like a winter festival that got morphed into this as a way to like win over pagans and non-Christians to Christianity. We haven't answered this question at all. I th- I say pray. I think instead of teaching them Handel's Messiah, you should teach them the song Pray uh, by MC Hammer because that shit's a bop. Hmm. People only know MC Hammer from like, you know, can't touch this. But dude, Pray goes hard. That's a good ass song. <laughs> also... Um, maybe pull one of those things, rewrite it in a clever way where they don't know it's Handel's Messiah and you can sneak it through and teach them about Jesus. Teach them Bandel's Messiah. Mm. <laughs> the crypt version? <laughs> no, that'd be the My blood crypt, version. Bro. It has bees in it, dumbass. The crypt version would be oh, Handel's yeah. Messiah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's one of those things where it's like when uh, that Pete Holmes joke about like every time I see nonfiction, I have to work out what that means. <laughs> every time it's you replace the letters, I have to think about which gang that means. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's the first letter of their name. They did not. Also, nonfiction isn't that hard. I, I, like I, you never, you never admonished Pete for that joke. I don't know why you're going well, after. Well, I me. think I get that because I actually still do that. That is very much like that was very resonant for me. It's not that hard. <laughs> I still also, sometimes when I have to think about which direction is right, I have to think, which hand do I write with? <laughs> oh, that's how you did that? You didn't do, like, the L, like, makes sense if you do it with your left hand or whatever? I thought, right is the hand I write with. <laughs> One of these days, we should do uh, mnemonics as a theme. <laughs> <laughs> the people have been asking for it, so. Hooked sense. on mnemonics. Uh, yeah, so I think this person should um, crucify somebody, mm. at least. All right, you want to jump into the answer? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. From the writings of the Reverend Billy Graham. True Christianity does not deny any part of the Bible. For more than 270 years, audiences have listened to the magnificent composition performed by great choirs and symphonies, especially during holidays. Wait, real quick, before we really get into this, did you have any association or memories of the big... So this is the church that I went to when I was really young, but the uh, big Lake Murray Baptist like play that they did every Christmas, the uh I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I never went. 
it was like a huge thing in our town. Like it ran for like what, like three weeks every year. I'm sure it's probably going on right now. I don't know. Why I'm not hearing about it. Yeah, but... but even my parents had a limit for boring bullshit. Like they weren't gonna go do that. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was it was long. It was a real production. Uh, one time, my friend Ben, uh, his mom was the costume designer for the uh, production, so she got me a costume last minute, and I just got to like be in the play, even though I didn't know any of the songs or how to do anything. I just followed what Ben did. Um, I've heard that in charlotte a friend of mine was telling me that apparently at her church it was a big deal whose baby got to be baby jesus for the nativity yeah no yeah because ben's dad would also play jesus in his uh in his uh older age but was it a big deal who got to have their baby that year be baby jesus was that a point of contention you ever heard about i don't think so as far as i can remember but I didn't know all the drama. Obviously, that any that. baby can be play baby Jesus, so it's definitely just whoever's parent works hard enough to get their baby. Like it's definitely like a politics yeah. thing. <laughs> Nobody's yeah, baby. Yeah, you is gotta not go around shaking hands enough. and kissing babies. <laughs> As a baby, the, <laughs> the baby that wants to be baby Jesus has to go around shaking hands and kissing babies. To be honest, I don't remember if people tried out for that play. I feel like it was just kind of a nepotism thing, where like people in the church just kind of called different roles and got to do it every year. It was a huge production that was crazy, though, thinking back about it, because um, I did like local community theater and stuff and none of it or school plays as well. And none of it was ever as big as like that fucking church uh, uh, nativity, not nativity, whatever the whole story. Did they Jesus have that thing where they had like actual like ropes work to make the angels fly? Was it that big? No, but it was like we had like a whole stable for like the camels and donkeys and stuff that were also in the play that were used for like different like farm settings and stuff like mm-hmm. um I remember there was a guy who showed me uh, his camel once and his camel really liked seven up. So he just showed me one time that he was like his camel would just down a bottle of seven up. That's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is a weird, vague memory that I have. But yeah, (laughs) continuing on. The text for Handel's Messiah was chosen by Charles Jennings, friend of the brilliant composer George Frederick Handel, lifted from 1 Timothy 3.16 for the epigraph. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed in the world, received up to glory. When the oratorio was first performed in 1742, a member of the audience expressed gratitude to Handel for producing such a wonderful piece of entertainment. Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to take issue with this. It was 1742. That guy had mm-hmm. never... Se- that guy's perception of what entertainment was was throwing a ball into a cup. Like, he'd never... <laughs> if he'd seen a single episode of Burn Notice, he would have been like, never mind, this oratorio is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> you ever been to a Dave and Buster's? <laughs> yeah give that guy give that guy a copy of halo and then call me back entertainment mm. Handel replied my purpose was not to entertain but to teach them something and for centuries now Handel's message has resonated in hearts proclaiming that jesus is the lord who died and rose again a soaring soprano solo in the messiah masterpiece combines job 19 and 1 corinthians 15 to proclaim i know that my redeemer liveth for now is christ risen from the dead For those who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, stand faithful in the proclamation of truth and remember Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful word, that he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. It's a bar. Holy, wait, that was definitely a threat. They just ended on a threat. Yeah, Yeah, they kind of did. That's I was like, yo, that shit's hard. We're going (laughs) to read that again. Holding fast the faithful word, that he may be able... By sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Holy shit, (laughs) he's gonna kill that principle. 
He's going to convict them. If He's he... going to ignore and convict <laughs> that principal for contradicting him. If he is the reason for the season, you must acquit. <laughs> uh, yo, that, that's crazy. I like that. Also, I love that they say the column is based on the words and writings of the late Reverend Billy Graham, but a lot of those words and writings were from the Bible. I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know if we can chalk that up to old Billy Boy. Yeah, I don't know if he gets credit for Titus 1-9, which, like you said, is objectively hard. Mm-hmm. They did take out some of the middle part, though. They did a little ellipses. Yeah, they did give us some ellipses. So if y'all were if y'all were listening to Job 19 and Corinthians 15 and you were like, that's not how I remember it, there was an ellipses in there. I read it as written in this post. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of our fans love Corinthians 15. Yeah, yeah. First Corinthians. First Corinthians 15. Do you, uh, do you, <laughs> do you for some reason in the back of your mind have any Bible verses memorized besides John 3.16? No. Do you even have John 3.16 memorized? No. For God so loved the world that he, he gave his only begotten son so that he whoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life. Can I, Is that it? Can I ask you, why was Jesus so begotten? Um, well actually, it's, so it comes from the Jeff Foxworthy term, begotten. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the redneck dictionary um, begotten yeah yeah it, it comes from there it actually means to when you uh, tell your tell your friend to get in the truck real good be get on in get in be get in <laughs> it's actually it's actually from the phrase uh begotten my these nuts in your mouth <laughs> ah, that was his one begotten son okay that makes sense i get mm-hmm. it now i've always been kind of confused by that wording you know it's crazy how much of like basic stuff like that i didn't understand because like no one just explained the words to me probably because as adults they also didn't but like yeah i'm not um, gonna the whole lie thing about you, like they were kind of morons at our town i'm sure they would have just quickly looked to the right side of the bible where it explains what you just read on that page <laughs> for the longest time the whole thing about like my the lord is my shepherd i shall not want i always thought that meant that you didn't want the lord to be your shepherd and no one was like no no no. it means like want as in like to desire anything else because you're totally taken care of it took me so long to figure Mm. out that's what that meant and i was like one nation indivisible this i can see it right here it's right below my feet what are you talking about invisible (laughs) nation (laughs) it's right below my feet I do remember that getting me for the longest time. I think at one point in middle school, I was like, I'm going to figure out what this indivisible shit is all about. <laughs> one day when I was feeling extra detective-y. Cool. Great call. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Or do you want to um, yeah. go on to the third sego? Let's move on into the third segment. All right. The big one. The big one. You want to go first? What do you want to do? No. Can you introduce us? You, you you did the column first, so I'll let you go first. We're doing gift exchange. Doing gift exchange. Second year in a row, uh, getting gifts. Oh, can we do um gift roundup from last year? How often did you end up using that hat, and how often did you, uh, or how did you do on getting that crossword puzzle solved? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. The hat was, like, a very big hat. It didn't really, didn't really go with my style, so I did not wear it. You couldn't use it as, like, a, like, a, in, during the summer, just to, like, as, like, a a big brimmed hat no <laughs> it was a very big hat yeah. i had like a very trucker silhouette to it Vibe. and i did not work on that puzzle i <laughs> left it out so i'm sorry adrian <laughs> god damn it um i used paul's gifts very frequently yeah i uh used that beer glass all the time to the point where i think i've washed it so much that like the logos kind of faded a little bit um so it was a milan glass um that i really loved and then, and I still love, but it's back home in Davis right now. 
and then a Milan scarf that I wore to every game that I went to go watch in a bar. So at the Euros and stuff like that. Uh, very uh, distinctly, I remember at the finals, not knowing the people in front of me, but I made friends with them. And at one point, uh, I got really hot because we were in a super crowded bar and I just threw my scarf on the dude in front of me and let him wear it for a while. Aw, I'm glad. Yeah, that seems like a good thing to get you to actually like talk to people while watching soccer games at a bar. So, um... Yeah, yeah. I remember holding it up and like uh, shouting uh, Italia with the uh, with Federico. Uh, no, Fabrizio was the guy who I'd watch the games with at the bar uh, whenever they won in that semifinal against England or Spain. God, I'm a little tipsy. But yeah, great memories with both of your gifts. So I guess you did a better job last year, but I think I'm coming. I'm coming for you this year. Okay. Okay. So. I guess I might as well actually uh, turn on the light so you can see better what I'm actually going to hold up. But, Paul, here's your present. Any, uh, hold on. In listening to the episode from last year, one of the comments was that got each other things that were very much, if you listen to the podcast and you didn't know us, you would know that those were things that we liked. Mm. Uh, and I'm continuing that trend, <laughs> I think, for the most part. So, if you want to inspect the box. Ella or a skin therapy clinic. Is this a bald thing? Did you give me <laughs> I'm not sure. What do I what do I right. need for skin therapy? So that is a red herring. It has nothing to do with skin therapy, but I'm gonna open this gift for you. Oh. <laughs> and Polly Boy, here is your gift. Oh my god. It's is it oh, is it all the graphic novels from Avatar the Last Airbender? It's, uh, it's the two prequel Kyoshi novels. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, that is a great game. I freaking... Which I have heard very good things about. I've read all the, uh, not prequel, but all the semi-sequel ones, the ones that aren't where Korra is, all the ones about um, Zuko's mm -hmm. mom. Finding online. Zuko's mom, yeah. I've read all oh, of those okay, shit. Online, then, uh, so this is awesome that well, these I go. can read physically. Yeah, that's a great gift. Thank you. And I've heard they're very good, so I thought I'd get these for you. All right. It's the uh, the rise of Kiyoshi and the shadow of Kiyoshi. I've also heard, uh, in addition to them being very good, they're also very gritty. So get ready to have it. This is not your uh, this is not your Aang avatar. This is not your father's avatar, bro. This is Kiyoshi. And I've also gotten you something that we've talked about on pod before. Do you want to guess what it is? Um. <laughs> Uh, is this going to be one of those things where, like, it's uh, a picture of me doing something that you put on a shirt, and then the next year you put a picture of me holding the shirt on the next shirt? That is a good guess. I, I know you love bag <laughs> stuff like that. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you one tiny hint. Oh, it's a mustache. So you probably got me a mustache with a ring? Or is that just a holder? It's a keychain that came with the thing I purchased you. Okay, I'll make it a little easier. Oh, shit. You got me a Steve Harvey something? What'd you get me from Steve Harvey? <laughs> the, the Steve Harvey novelty mustache keychain comes with every purchase from the official Steve Harvey merch store. <laughs> That's crazy. So that is part of your gift. But the thing that I actually bought from the store was this t-shirt. Oh, nice. Little Steve Harvey just relaxing and chillaxing on the fucking beach. That's dope. Yeah, I think of all his merch, this one, uh, this one had your energy. It does. I like that a lot. Nice. Steve Harvey in his big pants. He's not wearing big pants in that I one. I was thinking of getting you big pants with this outfit. <laughs> so you could have the mustache. <laughs> Give me a whole bit, dude. That's actually pretty crazy. <laughs> in a pair of big pants. Damn. That's dope. 
so fun. I was so excited <laughs> when I saw it. Came I mean, up. I like. I was just thinking that I'm definitely gonna put it on my keys, and I don't know what I'm gonna say when someone asks me to explain why I have a Steve mustache keychain. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely gonna use it all the time, though. Whenever I say I must ask you a question, <laughs> I'm glad I gave you a little carrot top bit you can take with you everywhere you go. I think people are gonna like that new part of your personality. <laughs> Oh, man. Cool. Well, yeah, I think we did a good job this year. Yeah, I love my gift. Yeah, I'll get it to you soon, and uh, whenever you're done with them, uh, I, might, I might also read them. Oh, so, you know. I mean, little little gift for myself, might, I guess might, you could say. might have to rent them out for a fair price, of course. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, you'll learn. Well, I'll learn. Uh, is that your first Christmas gift for the Christmas 2021? I got a I got a gift from a friend that was a book that was from another author who's uh you ha- you own one of their books it's uh, you own the Rapier book and I got their oh, yeah. book that I forget the name of it but it's like uh questions answered by rappers and it has similarly cool art to that book you own nice. so that was a pretty awesome gift yeah that's actually a really good segue because the reason I got that book was as a Secret Santa thing from Trader Joe's my friend Mick got me um. And so that's what I ended up getting. And uh, so one of the presents that I've gotten this year so far is we did the classic uh, white elephant exchange for our lab. Um, and after a very long saga of stealing and me being first uh, for Secret Santa, which is the worst position to be in, because my advisor said, send me a word and that'll determine your like what order you're in. And I thought I was being smart by sending in Zebra because I was like, he's just going to do alphabetical order. And he did alphabetical order by the last letter. Um so because zebra starts with z ends with a i was number one um but but i picked a good a present lot of people do like that sort of thing but yes like, th- then you get like a second round where you i don't know so whoever goes first usually gets to go one last time at the end but that is not how he plays oh okay so i picked a really cool present it got stolen so i got to like kind of stay in the game for a while but uh eventually ended up with a spongebob mug that i took because it was very highly valued and i thought someone would steal it from me but then the game ended the next round because his wife had to leave so mm. i ended up with a spongebob mug why didn't you fine. negotiate a trade after that well, i was on zoom so maybe i'll try and do that whenever i get back um i'm not gonna lie although, to you i kind of hate the idea of white elephant christmas i also hate the idea mm-hmm. of anybody bringing a gag gift to somebody something like that it seems like not in the good natured spirit of christmas to me so I, I yeah I, I feel weird about putting this putting him on blast, but um the one thing that I do not like about it is that my advisor pretty famously just grabs something in his house and doesn't spend money on anything, even though he makes about a million times more than any of us. Uh, yeah, you you know what I don't get about it? It's like why not just do a secret Santa? Because then you have to even if each person has to write a small bio about themselves or something, then you have to actually be somewhat yeah. thoughtful and everybody gets to try to get somebody something they would like. It just seems mm-hmm. like in the spirit of Christmas, it's like actually good hearted and not mean or about making somebody feel like they lose out, which I know I'm kind of a mean pessimistic person, but maybe Christmas melts my Grinch heart. You've become a real softy. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't we just gonna... make this like a happy thing? <laughs> Why do people do white elephant Christmases? It's so not right. I just wanted to do another bit from the South Park one about whether or not trying they're figuring out if they have to like do a like warm tropical song to melt his icy heart or do like a cool island song to like quell his fiery heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think a big part of the way my advisor thinks and enjoys things is um, he likes the stealing aspect of it and like the uh, 
the mental games that go on with that and uh, he seems to enjoy that more than anything else even like getting the gifts or whatever i like competition but save that for like board game night like why does that need to be a part of gift exchange he does this thing where because him and his wife always come to it together is that they team up so they're like oh well i can't do anything this round but my wife can steal it and then you know we'll have both of these items um and i always forget that i need to like form an alliance before i go to this thing um, but the last thing I'll say is that the, the present that I brought that I think was very good is um, I had a placeholder, but I said, give me your shirt size and I'll get you a USC cock shirt and then a bottle of Sheely's mustard barbecue sauce. I maintain that, especially the forming of an alliance, this seems like such a nasty way to approach Christmas. I am coming I'll out. I'll tell you what, you know who loves this? Hillary Clinton, because she's a nasty. <laughs> she's a nasty woman. I'm coming out <laughs> into your advisor, and I'm staking my ground that y'all should start doing Secret Santa. Stop doing White Elephant Christmases. Secret Santa, everybody comes on the zoom call and y'all all explain why you thought it would be a good gift to get that person and everybody gets to bond uh. and enjoy each other's company whereas white elephant y'all are coming in playing mind games making alliances tearing y'all further yeah. apart what the fuck is that come on i think your suggestion is actually very charming but i think it's uh you know old dog new tricks i think it's this has been a tradition for like 30 years now 40 years mm. maybe i think i'm calling my advisor way older than he actually is all right well on that note let's big facts new cap get out all right big fact if you're billy graham you don't need heaven to have eternal life people will keep quoting you in their shitty blog well after your death my no cap is after hearing from a friend getting a nice little thank you text about introducing them to eggnog uh i didn't grow up with it there are a lot of things that i never grew up with that i had to try for the first time as an adult and eggnog is one of them and it's great and it's great during the holidays with a little bit of bourbon drink eggnog everybody I'm definitely not sponsored by Big Dairy. Get a little drizzy drink. Bye. (laughs) Bye, dude.